Welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. I'm Michelle Cobb, publisher of Audiophile, and we're celebrating our selection of 2022's best audiobooks. In our special episode today, we're talking about nonfiction audiobooks. These titles encourage listeners to explore the world, delve deeper into the power of words, and actually, today's special guest, Lake Bell, will have you thinking in new ways about your voice itself. We'll talk to her soon, but first, here's the list of our best audiobooks in nonfiction and culture picks. Bad City by Paul Pringle, read by Robert Petkoff. Fen, Bog, and Swamp by Annie Prue, read by Gabra Zachman. Life Between the Tides by Adam Nicholson, read by Leighton Pugh. Rhymes Rooms by Brad Lighthouser, read by Kevin R. Free. The Philosophy of Modern Song by Bob Dylan, read by Bob Dylan, Jeff Bridges, Steve Buscemi, John Goodman, Oscar Isaac, Helen Mirren, Rita Moreno, Sissy Spacek, Alfre Woodard, Jeffrey Wright, and Renee Zellweger. And Inside Voice, written and read by Lake Bell. Welcome to Behind the Mic, Lake Bell. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful for the support, truly. I have to say... Inside Voice was actually one of my personal favorites of the year. They don't ask me when they make the choices, but it gave me a whole new perspective on bias with voices, and I was completely intrigued. Well, listen, I'm biased as well, and it was my favorite one of the year, <laughs> but it's also my baby. So yeah, I look at it through the lens of, of great favoritism. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, yes, I think that you know, with the book, I'm trying to, you know, just share a passion that's very personal to me that has been consistent in my life. I have been enthralled and motivated and to to kind of excavate all the ins and outs and dips and valleys of the voice, whether it comes from my own speaking voice or those around me uh, that I've grown up with, but then also just the kind of tapestry or the kaleidoscope of sounds that we come in contact with, whether we like it or not, on a daily basis. So this is really an audio program. Tell us, how did it come about and how you developed the idea? Yeah, it's interesting. It is an unusual audio book in the sense that, you know, I did write a manuscript, but then felt compelled, given the nature of the project that and the program, that it it required uh, the sounds of many. And so with that, and given I've never written an audiobook before, I was allowed to bump against whatever was considered the traditional format and kind of bloom out of that and allow for this really kind of interactive, kind of silly at times, game-filled kind of experience, but then also have this ability to kind of almost create my own post-grad course in the subject I'm interested in, which is voice. It is a sociological discussion as well as a cultural one. And, you know, sometimes even a little anthropology in there (laughs) and biology. To, to just add to all the ologies. But it's, it is pretty playful because I feel playful about the voice. And I also find it, I, I think the subject has very high stakes in the same breath. So it came from a place of, of you know, me talking to Malcolm Gladwell, who has been my friend for a very long time. And, you know, he has this incredible institution of the Pushkin Industries uh, banner. He and I have talked about voice quite a bit 
over the course of our friendship. And he understands that the passion for me and the obsession is, is very authentic. And, and frankly, it's, it's unavoidable in, in terms of my life's work. So I obviously in a world was the first foray into the subject, my, my feature film that I wrote and directed. And then in 2013. <laughs> and then this is very much Inside Voice is this book has really been an extension of that vocal investigation of the self, but then also um, just as a tool that we utilize in our cultural and social selves. And how did you go about gathering the other voices, the sort of art archival materials, everything that you put together? Was that a linear process or was it more sort of developed through conversations and you know, gathered in a wide variety of ways? All of the, the sort of collage of the book of all these different, you know, sort of pulls from archives and, and whatnot, that, that, you know, I attribute to my incredible team of Pushkin producers who, you know, facilitated, you know, every interest that I had in every discussion that I, that I wanted to uh, engage with. So for instance, if I was, you know, talking with Tracy Ullman in the book about a certain reference, then I would say, oh, can we pull something that actually directly illustrates that vocal texture? And they'd say yes on it, you know, and then I would give them suggestions. And I had a tremendous amount of sort of more kind of hands-on production team to help me make those dr those vocal clip dreams come true. So uh, I give them great credit as well as, you know, gosh, I mean, all of the people that are involved in the book, whether it's Drew Barrymore or Jeff Goldblum, Susie Essman, Tracy Ullman, as I mentioned, you know, these are people that Kunal Nayar, they there are so many people with these iconic sounds and vo vocal qualities that we just, that are kind of almost, you know, a stamp in our cultural history, just in the sound of their voice, you know? And so I, I knew that there were certain people like that, that I wanted to include. And I thought it was really fascinating to hear people talking about their perceptions about someone when listening to a short piece that they had read what surprised you about that? And I don't want to give too much away because everyone should listen and experience for themselves. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'll say this. I do create some games in the book, uh, which are kind of like fun with sociology, you know, experimentation. And it is interesting how how sort of unabashedly we, we profile certain dialects and vocal qualities, including, I would say I'm guilty of it as well, which I talk about in the book. But but there are certain things that these snap judgments that occur, uh, whether we like it or not, based off our own experiences, exposures, and where we come from or where we're going, that get in the way of us hearing a voice without um, judgment, you know? And I think we kind of know that, but then to see it illuminated in the way that I relish in the book, I, I think it is fun and also haunting and kind of uh, exciting and also, you know, sort of remarkably <laughs> illuminating the fact that we have a long way to go. Haunting is a good word for it. I was actually listening to it as I was walking down the streets of New York and seeing all these different people and realizing my own, mm. you know, bias in the voice. It was kind of shocking. So I, I loved that part. It, it is. I think, I think people are always, especially people who consider themselves a really good citizen and, you know, very woke or very liberal or progressive. And then realizing that you imbue 
you're imbued with all these bias that, that you just, you, you really, it's unsavory to you. You think, oh goodness, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I don't, I don't associate with, with someone who has, you know, staunch bias against uh, one group or another, but the voice is really where we have to face a lot of truths about ourselves and how we ingest different sounds that, that we come across on a daily basis. And so what's one thing that you hope listeners get out of hearing inside voice? I mean, there's a multitude of things. I don't think there's one thing, <laughs> but I would say, you know, one, I, I always lead with this, which is being able to find and connect with your true voice, which is ostensibly just an authentic sound to you, which usually means you must breathe more <laughs> and connect your voice to your authentic sound. What you're doing there when you think, oh, this doesn't really matter, it actually does because what it's showing is to yourself that there's a generosity in your own sound and a respect and confidence in your own sound. And it's broadcasting to the people you interact with that you are generous enough with yourself that you will be generous with them. And to build on that, I would say that additionally, a takeaway would be stay regional. You know what I mean? Don't iron out where you came from in your sound. Your vocal quirks, your authentic kind of, whether it's sibilance or lisp or something that maybe some pathologists might call uh, impediments, those things coupled with regionalisms and borough sounds, sounds that are rural, all of those uh, or urban or what have you, all of those sounds are a gift and should be held on to with dear life because we don't have to be embarrassed of where we came from in general. And let's normalize the beauty and the uniqueness of everyone's voice. I mean, that plus being more generous in hearing someone speak English as a second language. That's another thing that really came from the book that, you know, when you hear someone speaking a sec, uh, English as a second language, you know, I think that there is a tendency to be frustrated or to sort of stamp that person with some kind of bias, like profiling that they are not as smart or wise or intelligent or something. Whilst I would just reframe that to, God damn it, they're speaking the second, their second language. So if anything, broadcasting to you their intelligence and sharpness and consideration to even try to learn another language. I mean, most Americans walk around speaking one language, you know, whilst, you know, in Europe, it's more accepted. It's widely accepted that people speak, speak multiple languages. And yes, everyone's got an accent. It's no big deal. But in America, we have a long way to go. Well, that is a great insight to end on and makes me feel bad to have worked hard to get rid of my New England regionalisms as a child. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It'll come back. It'll come back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lake, and congratulations on having your title celebrated uh, where it deserves as one of the best of the year. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Lake Bell about her audio program, Inside Voice. This has been a special edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. If you've enjoyed today's episode, stay tuned all week for more conversations with narrators about 
this year's best audiobooks. Visit our website, audiophilemagazine.com, to see the full list of best audiobooks. And support for Behind the Mic comes from Oasis Audio, featuring the finest and carefully curated classic novels, including The Man Who Laughs, Victor Hugo's 1869 biting arraignment of the aristocracy for their vices, crimes, and selfishness, lavishly narrated by Simon Vance, available everywhere. This is Michelle Cobb. Thanks for listening.